Hi everyone. Hello. Welcome back. This is Mixed Feelings. I'm your host, Natalie Roach, and this is a podcast about my take on life events, current events, the human condition, what have you. Welcome to those of you who are new and welcome to those of you who are old. And by old, I mean returning, not old. Not that old is necessarily a bad thing, you know, I think old gets a bad rap. So you know what? I'll, I'll stick with that. Welcome to those of you who are old. There's something to be said about wisdom of the ages. All the ages of my 13 episodes or 14. I think this might be 14 episodes. Wow, getting up there. Anyway, so thank you so much for stopping by, whether you are new or old. And we are going to start, as we always do, with what is going on with the world. And what we're going to do is do a little sequence that I will call shame... No, pride, shame, pride. We're going to go pride, shame, pride. So Canadian pride this week is that we have surpassed the record for Canadian medals at the at the Winter Olympics. I'm not sure how many that is. I'm sure I would take a quick Google search right now, but it's, it's up there, everyone. So that is really something to be proud of. I am especially proud of Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer. Just a phenomenal ice dance performance. Uh, they are only the second ice dancing pair ever to win two Olympic golds. And I mean that I welled up. I welled up watching their their free skate program. Just just the artistry. It's it's it gets right to the core. I mean they're they're it's it's absolutely beautiful. So a lot of pride there. Caitlin Osmond got the bronze for women's figure skating. Uh, haven't had a medal uh, medal performance, I don't think, in the women's single events since Vancouver. So pride, some pride there. Um, I'm sure there's many more events that I should know a lot more about, but uh, figure skating is kind of my jam. So there is that pride, but I I have to be honest that that juxtaposes with uh, some hardcore shame. And the hardcore shame there this week is the ruling that came out that um, not guilty for the man accused of killing Tina Fontaine. And there was, and for those of you who don't know, the, the Coles Notes version is Tina Fontaine was a 15-year-old girl um, of Indigenous uh, um, ethnicity from the Winnipeg area. And she was brutally murdered and found in the river. And there was... From, from my understanding, enough enough evidence that you would think that this man would be convicted. He wasn't. He was found not guilty. And this is, you know, just coming hot on the heels of the um, ruling in the Colton Bushy case where there was also a ruling of not guilty. And what, just, what? Like, this, what? Really? I mean, it's it's as if, not as if, you are saying to Indigenous youth we can end your lives with impunity. I have to say that for, for me, this is actually the first time that as a Canadian, I have felt a sense of shame. I have felt a sense of shame about our, about us as a country. I mean, I was talking about it with, um, I was talking about it with someone recently and I was saying, there's no way they're going to find him not guilty. There's so many parallels here with the Rodney King, OJ Simpson, um, verdicts in the States. And I just, there's, and even though there was so much evidence just to show that 
OJ was guilty. I mean, and there's also that, you know, amazing documentary that won Best Documentary Feature last year. I think it was called, uh, not The People versus OJ Simpson. OJ Made in America. My God, that's amazing. Um, but I just thought there's no way they're going to find him not guilty. And then they did. And it's just, we've got some serious work to do, Canada. And I, I feel this sense of helplessness because I don't really know what I can do. I mean, I. I retweeted something that I thought was powerful. I mean, what is that really doing? But I, you know, I'm here, I'm on this, I'm on my, you know, my like little teensy tiny podcast here just saying that I don't think that's right. And my, my heart, mind, wit, resources, um, energy and dedication is going out to um, whatever needs to be done to make things better in this country for Indigenous people. I just, um, I was, I was not happy. Um but that's what's real. I mean, that's real. Part of it is not needing to hide this or sweep it under the rug or saying that, oh, there, you know, there was circumstantial things and blah, blah, blah. Like, let's just call it what it is. It's, it's racism. And um, I think that, you know, any sense of national pride has to be tempered with national honesty um, or an honest look at, you know, what your nation is. And, um, I have certainly felt moments of pride about being Canadian in my life and many moments of pride. And this is not one of them, you know, this is not one of them. And I, I don't want to ever be blindly patriot, uh, patriotic. So, so that's that. And as I, as I did promise that it would be pride, shame, pride. So with that, we are going to move into the pride and we're going to end on a high note, which is Black Panther has broken, I think, a world record in that it was the, I think, I think it's one of the, it's the highest grossing, highest grossing opening weekend. I, I might be of all time. I'm not positive about that. But what I do know is that it is killing at the box office. It has made over $700 million since its opening last weekend, y'all. That is less than two weeks. I saw it mind-bogglingly good like mind-bogglingly good the the spirit animal that will always live inside me that is young natalie roach with her frizzy i had not yet heard of product yet pigtails and her mom's hand-me-down argyle sweater overlaying a cotton ginny plus i was a heavy kid a cotton ginny plus white cotton turtleneck just not knowing anything about her racial identity i just i just embrace that young Natalie in a gigantic hug all throughout that movie. It just, it made me feel so good. I'm so glad that young people today have just incredible movies like this that have just amazing diverse casts and just a credible storyline. It's, it's so good. I can't fangirl enough about this movie. It's, it's so good. And you know, there's, there's some pride just, you know, just really glad that Black Panther is killing it at the box office. And if anyone is interested in checking out um, a really great podcast on that, again, still processing the last episode. No, not the last episode. But they did an episode um, that was purely dedicated to Black Panther and they interviewed ta Coates. It was so, so great. So check that out if you want to get a deep dive into Black Panther. And um, speaking of speaking of fangirling, that'll bring me into the next topic, which is me again always a fave and I went for I went for a walk today and one of the things that I like to do when I go for a walk is I always have an I need to have an incentive like I need to have a this is why I'm going for a walk so last weekend 
I walk from my place down to Kensington Market. It's about a, it's about a good 45, 50 minute power walk. And my thought was, you get a free $50 to spend. I mean, obviously free, meaning like I still make this money, but free and that you don't have to budget for it. You don't have to allow for it. Just like $50 and under, have at it. You don't need to put it into your budgeting spreadsheet, whatever. And I did, and I got some cheese. Oh my gosh, did I already talk about this last week? If I did, I apologize. But anyways, that's what I did last week. And today I thought, okay, I'm going to walk up to Young and Eglinton. Again, a healthy 45-minute power walk beautiful weather outside I just you know felt like I was Lizzie oh Lizzie Lizzie Elizabeth Bennett from uh, Pride and Prejudice the BBC miniseries and by BBC miniseries I also mean the classic novel by Jane Austen but I refuse to read the book because I don't want it to ruin the magic of the BBC miniseries starring Colin Firth and Jennifer Ailey it's absolutely incredible but she goes for so many walks during the movie or the movie adaptation of the book and I just Whenever I go for a, a walk for walking's sake, I always feel like I'm channeling Lizzie Bennett. Moving along. So I walked in Eglinton and my incentive was I'm going to go to the Solutions Organized Living Store because that's the kind of freak I am. That's my incentive. Let's go get some pants hangers and, you know, cedar boot trees for my leather boots and just be fancy. And I also decided to stop by Indigo. And this is the second time that I have had the same cashier at Indigo. A very lovely, I will say, lovely, but very white man who hardcore black fangirls me about my purchases. This is the second time. The first time I was purchasing Mary J. Blige on the front cover of Essence. So I was purchasing Essence and he you know, looked at the cover and looked at me and said, I just love her. Isn't she fantastic? And I said, yeah, she's great. Have you heard of her? Have you heard her Christmas album? This is the Christmas season. He goes, I haven't. Oh my God. Thank you so much for recommending that. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to add that to my list. That's amazing. What do you think of Whitney Houston's Christmas album? I thought it was really underrated. We were going back and forth about various black Christmas albums throughout the ages. You know, obviously Stevie Wonder, classic. And he just said, I think she's amazing. Have you heard of Mudbound, this movie that she's in? And I said, yes, I can't wait to watch it, blah, blah, blah. And like there, there was a significant lineup and I'm sure there was some toe tapping, some texting, some, some glares even coming my way. But I mean, we were just having a great chat. I thought it was a one-off, same cashier today. Sure enough, I walk up and I'm purchasing a copy of Essence, Black Women in Hollywood. Can't wait to read it. Angela Bassett's on the front cover. And he takes it, he goes, isn't she just incredible? And I said, yeah, it's Angela Bassett. She's an OG. And he said, I mean, I know that it's old, but what's love got to do with it is just a cinematic tour de force. And I'm like, yeah, it is a cinematic tour de force. Again, we go back and forth. There isn't a lineup this time. So, you know, we're just shooting the shit. And I have to say, I really appreciated it. I mean, it was the unintended incentive of my walk was having this black girl fan moment with the white cashier at Indigo. So thank you for that experience. I really appreciated it. And something else in terms of fangirling, I was at a conference on Friday and Deepa Mehta was the speaker. Hello. I mean, way to go Ryerson leadership group. It was amazing. And, um, Oh, wait a minute. Is the Ryerson Leadership Group? I think it's the Ryerson, Ryerson Professional Development Group or Ryerson Leadership Group, or whatever. It was the people who put on the Ryerson um, 
Student Affairs Professional Development Conference. And it was amazing. And then you got Deepa Mehta, who is the director of three films, one of which was nominated for an Oscar for Best Foreign Film. And the films are called, oh gosh, don't quote me. I'm pretty sure it's Fire, Earth, and Water. And Water was the one that was nominated for uh, Best Foreign Film from Canada. This woman dropped serious life knowledge. I mean, she just... I wrote down so many things that she said, and then I tweeted them out. And if you would like to know what I tweeted, you can feel free to follow me at Natalie C. Roach um, on Twitter. Again, that is at Natalie C. Roach on Twitter. And I tweeted out these things, and Deepa Meta retweeted them. It felt amazing. I was like, way to go, Nat, getting a little mention from uh, Deepa Meta, Oscar-nominated documentarian. Oh, wait, not documentarian. Sorry, Oscar-nominated filmmaker, not documentarian. But uh, one of the things that she said that I wanted to share here was, what preconceptions you have? What preconceptions do you have and who is educating you? Like, thank you, Deepa, for just blowing open my mind on this Friday morning. It was, it was amazing. So that was, that was fantastic. And I do not have a good segue into our topic of the day, but I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. And my topic for today is sensory deprivation. Sensory deprivation. Now, for those of you who don't know what sensory deprivation is, it's, it's an isolation tank. So it's an isolation tank, usually called a sensory deprivation tank. It's also called a float tank, flotation tank. And what it is, it's a lightless, soundproof tank that's filled with Epsom salt water that's kept at skin temperature in which individuals float. And once you close the lid, it's completely black and you also have to put in earplugs so you don't have any sound or any salt water get into your ear. So it's completely soundless, sightless, and you don't feel your body so you're completely floating. If any of you watched the first season of um, Stranger Things, that's what they create for her at the end, I think it's in the season finale, they create that gigantic sensory deprivation tank for her in that pool in the gym. It's pretty cool. Um, anyways, so it's kind of known as being this form of alternative medicine, and it's claimed to have a number of health benefits such as um, easing muscle tension, chronic pain, easing hypertension, easing PMS even, and rheumatoid arthritis. Those studies have not been widely supported, but what has been widely supported is that it's useful for stress management. So that's that's a bit of the background. Um, here's the practical to match up with that research. Kevin and I did these tanks. I think I mentioned that last week. Kevin and I did these tanks last Sunday, and I was I, I don't think that I was skeptical. I was more hesitant. I thought I was going to have these unpleasant insights about myself like I don't I don't know like remembering a time that I actually committed grand larceny or something like that but I you know I went in with an open mind Kevin was nervous about feeling claustrophobic um which which makes sense but we decided to we decided to take the plunge haha pun intended uh we decided to take the plunge into the sensory deprivation tanks and we went to this place in Toronto called rest nest in Yorkville Kind of, kind of a sketchy lobby area, um, kind of a sketchy reception area as well. Not as high end as we had imagined, but you know, whatever, we're, just, we're, we're going with the flow. <laughs> Another pun intended. Anyways, we 
get into the room. The rooms are actually quite nice, which was, which was surprising given the state of the lobby. There was just, you know, a lot of, a lot of papers all around. There was some random oranges they told you to take, some Kirkland water bottles. It was weird. But the rooms are very nice, like showers. There was a shower before you get in. And then shower afterwards, and there's this gigantic tank in the middle of the room, and it's about nine feet long by maybe like five feet wide. And I got in, and there's there's a button on the right that will turn the lights. No, the button on the right is the emergency button, so if you need help. But interestingly, Kevin said he accidentally pressed the emergency button instead of the lights off button, and no one came. Interesting. But the button on the left turns off the lights and I put in the air and you're supposed to, you do it naked. So I'm like totally naked. Don't worry. They have a filtration system afterwards. And apparently the amount of salt that they use actually like purifies the water. So I'm like totally naked. I'm in this tank. I put the earplugs in. I get it. Like I, I, you know, get all in and close the lid. And for the first few seconds, I remember thinking, and they give you this flotation device so that your head floats like, so your head is like slightly elevated. And for the first few minutes, I remember thinking, oh my God, this is going to be so boring. Like, I'm just, I have to be in here for an hour? And then, y'all, my sense of time just totally dissolved. It just, my thinking totally slowed down. And I'm someone who meditates, like I meditate every day. And every day, I probably spend the first 25 minutes of my half hour meditation thinking about my day and listening to what's going on outside and all this kind of stuff. And this is the first time, like, your senses have a total 100% break. Like, you can't focus your eyes on anything. You can't tell the difference between your eyes being open or closed. You can't hear anything. And you can't even feel your body. And, like, my thinking just really, really slowed down. And I actually remembered these things from childhood. Don't worry, nothing scary. I didn't like find out that someone abused me or something like that. Or like, you know, I'm actually, you know, my parents lied to me. I'm actually adopted or something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with adoption. It's just that I didn't realize that. I'm not adopted. But I, I really loved it. Like the, the hour, I won't say that the hour flew by. It's just that it was so pleasant. Like you have no sense of time. It, like I could have been floating in the middle of the friggin' ocean. Like I, and I imagine that I kind of for a moment, for a moment imagined I was Rose from Titanic, which is like, you know, shout out to 14 year old Natalie. And it was, uh, it was really, really nice. I think both Kevin and I said, Kevin didn't feel claustrophobic. Both of us said that we would do it again. And I could even do it for two hours. The one in Yorkville doesn't have two hour floats, but the one in on Queen Street does. They're open from 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. They're called Float Toronto. And the floats at the beginning of the day and the end of the day are two hour floats. So you can float from 8 till 10 or you can float from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. And then go get some bar food afterwards. I don't know why I said that. I, I don't eat outside normal meal times, but... Anyways, I would highly recommend it, you know, limited research be damned, highly, highly recommend it, loved it, actually, would definitely do it again, and they sell it in packages, not super cheap, but not crazy expensive, it's 70 bucks plus tax, um, and uh, highly enjoyed it, highly recommend it, would do it again. Sensory deprivation, a way to give your senses a break, and we're... Uh, no, we're not scheduled for another one, but we will be soon. And that brings us to the listener portion. Qu- 
question, listener question portion of the show rather. And I am delighted to say that we have a question this week from Alana, who has identified herself as a fangirl. Oh, I shouldn't have said her name. Sorry, she gave me a really cool name. So we're going to call Alana Walking in the Rain. (laughs) I'm sorry, Alana, I really messed that one up. So Walking in the Rain, Walking in the Rain's question is, speaking of walking to the subway, because I don't know as if the first portion of the question was meant to be shared, but she was speaking about walking to the subway. And speaking of walking to the subway, today's walk got me drenched in the rain. While the gray skies were a bummer, I felt uplifted by the washing away of winter snow. Which leads me to my listener question. Given how cold and difficult this winter has been, how does the impending change in season make you feel? What sorts of things do you do personally and or professionally when spring is around the corner? Amazing question, Walking in the Rain. Thank you so much. I, I this, is, this has been really good for me to, to reflect on. And in terms of the first part of the question about how does the impending change in season make you feel? Every year, it makes me feel stronger. It makes me feel as if I've made it through something difficult. And I think that there is something to be said for persevering. Winter is winter is long and it is rough. And whenever there is like those glimmers of hope that spring is coming, like today was... Oh, today was a gift, y'all. It was just a blessing. It was bright and sunny and warm and it was just delicious. I loved it. And it makes me feel like you did it, Nat. You did it. You made it through winter. Spring is coming. Hope is coming. It makes me feel hopeful. Um, I also kind of view the changing of the seasons very much as like mirroring our human cycles, which is that we have to sleep and then we have to wake up. And I always view winter as a period of sleep and it's the earth needs to rest. The earth needs to rest. And then spring is like awakening and stretching your limbs out and getting ready to like move. And then summer is so energetic and it's like the kind of peak of your energy during the day when you're running around and doing things. And fall is kind of like that beautiful dozy time at night where you're not tired, but you're just ready to chill and sit down and relax for the evening. And then winter is like sleep. It's like rest. And so I always kind of view spring as this period of awakening and coming to get like this, the change of season rather is, is, is the change from sleepiness to wakefulness. Like it's, it's that moment when you kind of, you, you're not quite awake, but you can, you're like lucid dreaming, you know, kind of like, you, when you get up before your alarm goes off, like you, you know it's coming, but it's you're ready for it. I don't know if I'm articulating it well, but I always feel kind of proud and ready to wake up. Proud that I made it through something hard and ready to wake up. And the second part of the question, what sorts of things do you do personally and professionally when spring is around the corner? Kind of boring, but pretty pretty rudimentary. Like I, I do do spring cleaning. It's not a conscious thing, but you know, I get the my spring dresses or my more spring warm weather clothes out from my storage bins. I rearrange my closet and put my winter stuff away. Um, I also tend to I'll tend to buy more like plants. Like I, I a big a big thing for me is hyacinth. I think hyacinth is just spring in a friggin' flower. It's just such a beautiful, pretty smell and. The, the colors are just so spring-like, like the kind of, you know, 
baby pink and you know white and this beautiful purple and you can get blue I just I really really and the verdant verdant green of the leaves I, I love hyacinths so I'll usually buy a plant or two for the house some spring cleaning um also my birthday is April 5th so I usually start planning my birthday when I was a little kid my mom said that it would she, I would start asking her like March 1st so what are we doing for my birthday mom and I when I was a little girl like my mom one time took me around on my bicycle because all my friends lived in the neighborhood and I just went around on my bike and delivered all my handwritten invitations to my birthday party like will you come to my party and I don't know just spring always kind of you know very egotistically or selfishly but in a delightful egotistically selfish way reminds me of my birthday and I like planning my birthday and thinking about what I'm gonna do and all that kind of stuff I'm a birthday person I'm not someone who's like oh whatever who cares I, I like doing stuff for my birthday so that is, that's what I do. So walking in the rain. Um, thank you so much for your question. I really appreciated it. And if you have a listener question or any comments or feedback, please feel free to email me at allmymixedfeelings at gmail.com. Uh, that is exactly how it sounds. A-L-L-M-Y-M-I-X-E-D-F-E-E-L-I-N-G-S. Allmymixedfeelings at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I get so excited whenever I get listener questions. So just know that you're bringing me a little joy. Just bringing me a little joy. Any questions, they don't have to be uh, G-rated either. You can just, not that this G-rated question was very appreciated, but you, I mean, and I'm also going to ask you to please not send like triple X questions, but you know, bordering on X, see what I can do. Uh, All my mixed feelings at gmail.com. And that brings us to the funny anecdote slash joke portion of the show today. And this is going to be a shout out to Brian Roach. This is actually his joke. And we were in the grocery store one time. We were walking past the, uh, we were, you know, on the tail end of our grocery journey. And we were walking past the dairy aisle. And he turned, turned and picked up, I can't believe it's not butter light. And he said, isn't this really just, I can't believe it's not, I can't believe it's not butter. Big brother, I love you so much. That is that's just fantastic. I can't believe it's not butter light. Light is indeed. I can't believe it's not. I can't believe it's not butter. Way to go, Brian. Shout out to you. And we are going to end our show as we always do with a recommendation for the week. And this week it is going to be um, buns. B U N is a Nancy Z. I guess that's American. Z is Z American or is Z is that American? Anyways. B-U-N-Z. It is an app that is um, designed to help you just trade things. So you can just trade things with someone. They, these are these were the speakers at, uh, the, these are the last speakers rather at the leadership conference or sorry, professional conference. I keep messing up the name. It was called Ecotones and it was amazing. But at the Ecotones conference that I was at on Friday and this organization started like really, really, really small. This woman just, you know, said, hey, I, you know, I have a bunch of pasta and I need some tomato sauce. And she messaged, she created a group of her four friends on Facebook or a group message. She's like, I have a bunch of pasta. I have no sauce. Like I can trade you some pasta for tomato sauce or I have like a vintage record if you want the record. I just need some tomato sauce. And queue now, there's, you know, thousands of users across Toronto just trading things back and forth. You know, you have your in search of, so you might be, and it's called your ISO. So you might be in search of um, women's clothing. And what you have to offer is, let's say you have, um, I don't know, 
tempeh starter. God, I, I don't think I could have picked anything more hipster than that. But you're in search of women's clothing and you're, you have to trade tempeh starter or you have to trade um, succulent plants that you have, have an abundance or something. It's such a cool idea. I think I'm going to, um, uh, not, I think I have checked it out. I'm just trying to think of like, I don't know what I, I feel like I have nothing to trade. There's definitely things that I want, but check it out. It's really cool. Um, uh, uh, something that they said was in, since they've opened, they have saved, I think it was, they said three blue whale size worth of trash from the dumpster by creating this, um, you know, basically recycling community. Like you don't need to get rid of it and you don't need to go and buy something. You can just trade with someone. So that's really cool. So buns, check it out. And that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Again, please get at me with any questions, comments, or feedback at all my, no, all my mixed feelings at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Natalie C. Roach. Um, it would be great to hear from you. And thank you so much for listening and stay mixed up. Bye.